the Dak era over? Is the Garrett Gilbert era beginning? The answers to these and other pressing questions on this week's episode of Boys Will Be Boys. I'm Andy Catelli. Benjamin T. Walker. And uh, I'm going to be honest, that's not the direction I thought we were going to begin this podcast. <laughs> Dude, you're not on the GG hype train? I'm, I'm very happy to be back. I'm very happy to be on a lot of new hype trains. Um, I, I have to regretfully inform the audience that... Uh, Gilbert's a fucking bum, okay? People need to sneak. I know uh, Dak didn't nine play. 9 for 13 but... <laughs> with a 93 QB rating. No turnovers. I thought he fumbled. Did he get it back? Uh... He did fumble. I think we got it back. Yes, but we did not lose it, so we're good. <laughs> Sick. Okay, then that's all that matters. <laughs> Luckily, Brandon Knight was there. Ah, the big fella. Yes, he always will be. Um... It feels good to be back. We, we're talking about Cowboys football in in oh, a no. sense. In a sense, we're talking this about is, Cowboys. Yeah, football. we're like warming up to Cowboys football. Um, but we made it. We we did make it. We are, but weeks away from real football. We're going to start off the season with a bang, a Thursday night game against the defending champs. Oh, that's got to get you just hot and bothered. Mm. It does. We got a lot to talk about, so we'll. We'll dive right in. We got some training camp stuff. We got preseason game already in the books. We got the debut of HBO's hit original series, Hard Knocks, second only to the HBO hit original series, Ballers, or best (laughs) football-related program on television. Fair take. Fair. So we'll dive right in. I mean, Ben, I guess we got to start with the most pressing news. Everyone's talking about, you know, uh, Dak Prescott, Dakota Rain Prescott, uh, noted Dallas Cowboys signal caller uh coming off of a uh an emotional season where he had his season mm-hmm. cut short by injury uh but in the off season jerry broke off a bag for the guy a big old uh luxury bag as we learned from hard knocks stacks into the luxury bag game you know he likes sick. to go yards a very sick thing to collect indeed um and dax coming off an injury came back he was only practicing at camp for like one or two days. He looked really sharp uh, and then developed a little bit of a, I guess they're saying it's kind of a, a muscle strain un, like in the uh, under his arm, like more of a pitcher's uh, injury is how I've heard it described. I heard the Cowboys training staff reached out to like the Rangers training staff, the Yankees training staff, and that this is a pretty common injury and they're, they're being cautious with it because they don't want to hurt him or anything, but it's not too serious. What are your thoughts? What are your takes? Are you concerned? Uh, yeah, I I think I'm more concerned than I feel a lot of people are. I know at this point he's already back throwing, which does make me happier. But I just whenever you talk about the franchise, and make no sure. mistake, he is the franchise's throwing arm with an injury. I, I'm I'm always gonna at least teeter the panic meter a little higher up than if anybody else had any other in any other injury. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready to panic that, you know, we're, we're going to miss any significant time or any time really. But yeah, I just, I'd, I'd like, I'd like to see him back out there uh, sooner rather than later, but uh, he does have a precautionary MRI this Friday. So they're going to check on how the muscle's doing, how's the healing, et cetera. Um, which that would definitely concern me if he wasn't out there throwing, made all the throws today and yesterday in practice. All the all the video I saw, lots of good zip on the ball. I paid a lot of attention to his release because that's where they said it was really affecting him. Um, yeah, they said he's they they are having him hold back a little. He's not full full go. Um, okay, but he is throwing. He's not making he's all not the throws. Cranking. Yeah, yeah. There there there's certain routes they've limited. He's not throwing. I guess comeback routes. I guess he got a rifle those really in. rifle deep, it in there yeah deep digs you know the passes right across the middle so you know they're they're limiting a little bit of what he does which is fine i think that's yeah. a smart play look we have pretty much a month until the season i'm, starts, I'm not worried so. about dak needing an insane amount of reps to be sharp um obviously this is not ideal given that he's coming off of you know close to a year without football because of the injury last year um but I will say that, like, of any guy on this team that, like, is going to take significant time off and come back prep, Dak is among the ones I'd be least worried about. Like, he is um, 
for any fault that people have with Dak Prescott's game, like hard work and, um, you know, commitment to the craft is not one I think most people would say is on his list. Um, you know, I, I think I told you about this earlier this week in text that I was like being weird and looking up the, the homes of Dallas Cowboys <laughs> players to see like what kind of cool cribs they have. And Dak lives in this pretty badass mansion out in Prosper. And uh, he's got a full-size practice field at his house, his own customized field with a DAC logo at the 50. And he's out there throwing all the time, you know, on his own. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously it's not ideal, but I'm not – I am with. I think I'm with you. Like, obviously significantly worse than not having an issue, but I'm not ready to panic yet. Yeah, I'm not going to be bullish guy on Twitter, which there's plenty of them – being like he's fine. See, I told. Oh, are, you, are we still panicking? Like every time they show a highlight of him throwing, I'm like, yes, dude, he's the or the or the opposite. The people that were be. like the same people that like uh, the Reddit doctors last year that were like, he'll never walk again. He's 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 going to be confined to a wheelchair for the rest of his life. I've seen that injury before. <laughs> You're yeah. just like, okay, PhD. Which on that uh, other injury, his his ankle seems good. They showed yeah. uh and I know we'll get to good. hard knocks, but they showed the the zoom in on it and nasty scar. Um, but I yeah, think a little wish you know shaped scar. He seems good on it. He he's running around and by all counts is is full go on that thing. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, if that affects the play calling at all. I mean, I think we all, most cowboy fans, I think, are a pretty big fan of of using Dak's feet. The zone read is a pretty effective weapon in his arsenal. Um, and you know, the first time he he takes one, breaks one of those out. You know, the first time he gets tackled, I think we'll all be just a little bit more on edge. Uh, you know, up until that moment when he got hit and hurt his ankle, the I was always just like, Dak's a tank. You know, like he's know. uninjurable. So. We learned our lesson the only there. thing you wonder, like, I don't think it'll have lasting effects, but just, uh, you know, guys get gun shy. It's only natural. You know, the loss of innocence. Yeah. It's like the older sure. you get, the the more you realize you can get hurt doing things. I was quite so like when I, was a, skiing, a when I was skiing when I was a kid, I was just like, fuck yeah, this is tight. And then yeah. once you're like, realize how fast you're going and that. Holy shit! This would really hurt. It'd really go bad if I fall you down. You become aware that like it's, people die doing this, and like that's right. You're 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 a little bit more aware of your own mortality, but I I don't think it'll be a lingering effect past uh past a little bit of burn in the game, but still. Yeah. Well, and and Dak's a. I mean, he's a he's a strong-willed guy. I think he's courageous. Everyone can't be Stephen McGee. All right. It takes a special player to just go out there and never slide. Damn, I forgot about that uh, experiment. We tried a lot of Romo backups that just never worked over the years. Low-key, shout-out John Kitna, the GOAT. Tony Kitna Romo was backup. pretty sick. He was, he was solid as fuck, dude. I heard Kyle Orton, and he thought Ooh. he should have been a... He thought it should have been a competition between him and Tony mm-hmm. in camp. <laughs> we convinced ourselves that Matt Castle was going to be good. Oh yeah, and Brandon Whedon. Oh yeah, oh, Brandon Whedon, For the twenty-nine-year-old sure. rookie, <laughs> former first-round pick of the Browns, baby. Dude, and among among a a real nice collection of amazing first-round picks for them, is Justin Gilbert available as a free agent? I think Johnny Manziel. Hey, but I won't pick on Cleveland too hard. They're 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 right in the ship with old Kaker Mayfield under him. They've done a great they, job. But outside of Dak, you know, speaking of training camp in general, um, the Cowboys have been out at Oxnard. They've been doing their thing. Um, we did not get to go this year thanks to the ever present and mm. now eternal, uh, thanks to the irresponsibility of certain members of our society. Pandemic. Uh, we were not able to get out to Oxnard this year, but we have been keeping pretty close tabs on it uh, via all media available. Um, ben, what, what's caught your eye in what you've seen from training camp? What do you like? What are you concerned about? Yeah, I think the first thing is is um, CeeDee Lamb. He's been all the buzz this this thing, especially Amari Monster. was started the season on the pup, 
right? So CD was kind of mm-hmm. all eyes on him. He's been getting the burn as the number one guy, and he's just making everyone look foolish from all accounts. So yeah. every day there's another just monster highlight of him. That one-hander that went viral on like the first or second day. But there seems to be one or two at camp. They're like, oh, and the play of the day was made by none other than CD Lamb. And Kids just got some I'll- juice, man. He's got some swagger. I like how Hellman put it. He said that CeeDee Lamb had achieved Des Bryant levels of Oxnard dominance, which that's very much how Des was at camp. Like every day was just another mossing by Des over some poor Cowboys cornerback. But he's he, um, he's like what, right under Rico Gathers level of skills to me right now. I'm not ready to put him in that league yet, but you know, I think he could one day ascend to Rico Gathers tier of player. He, he um, certainly won't weep that the hype that Rico got, but not he's, everyone he's getting a lot of one-on-one time with Noah Brown, and I think that that's like really <laughs> teaching him the art of being a wide receiver in this league, you know? I think Noah's got slot four sewn up. Everyone keeps talking about who wide receiver four is, which is always a weird – or I guess Cedric Wilson does, but Noah's got probably spot five. Yeah. For whatever reason, that's always in camp. People are like, who's going to be our fifth receiver? I, was like, I don't know. Who's going to get eight snaps a game? Is yeah, that what we're, exactly. We're Primarily blocking back. Like, But um, oh, hey, shout out Noah Brown, man. I mean, seventh round pick still out here. Still someone, out there, man. Someone, someone is, is banging their fist on the table for that guy at Oxnard. So. Absolutely. But CD has been incredible. And we knew CD could do the circus catch thing. Like we've seen him do that in games. The Vikings catch last year was just nasty. Um, one thing I've noticed though, is that beyond just those like one-on-one 50, 50 ball catches that are so kind of like Instagram friendly CD's route, CD's route running and footwork have already taken a huge leap forward this year versus last year. Like when I watch him do the one-on-one drills, he's not just like, you know, pretty much just like running into the guy and then like waiting for a jump ball. He's definitely being able to shake dudes, get great separation, open big windows for his quarterback, regardless of who it is. I mean, Danucci can hit him. So, I mean, we're in good oh, shape. Talk about a guy who's gotten in the crosshairs, but we'll, we'll wait a little on that. Um, I guess, yeah, any other guy that that for you, you know, CD's been the highlight, but. For sure. Uh, other than that, I mean, we've we've had, uh, you know, some flashes from guys like Micah Parsons, who's made some good plays in camp made some good plays in the preseason game. Um, definitely carrying himself with a lot of confidence that you don't always see from a rookie, which was is nice. Um, and Diggs has had a, a good camp too. I really liked what I saw out of Diggs. Um, I guess we're still trying to figure out uh, this, the, the condition of the secondary, you know, I mean, Anthony Brown is kind of getting beat like a redheaded stepchild, unfortunately, by, everyone who he covers so i think there's they're trying they're hoping that uh kelvin joseph can maybe tech you know tag team up with Diggs on the other side and and be the one too and maybe they can just let uh brown be more of a, a nickel guy but well, we'll see. In a name and a name i want people to to watch out for and i'm sure some people who listen to us are as, as crazy and and degenerate fans as we are updating their Twitter feed every 20 seconds. But if you're one of those people then, and you did put yourself through the hell that was the hall of fame game, um, a guy who's popped a lot and getting a lot of talk is uh, Maurice Kennedy. Uh, oh yeah. That, Definitely. You know, always on everyone's that's been like kind of one of those. He kind of uh, went from, from everyone saying, yeah, he went from kind of, uh, what do you call it? Like kind of on the fringe of the roster. You don't know if he's going to make it or not. So now, I mean, people are like he's possibly playing himself into a starting role on the sec, the number three. So Which they're like, if you just cause... if you just looked, they said at at performance from corners, and by they, I mean just kind of what beat writers are saying is he's had um, the best camp. I mean, he's getting his hands on a, a lot of balls. Um, it's one of the I think our secondary coach said about him, DQ Dan Quinn, which is a sick nickname, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, fucking DQ fucking loves him. So as, as DQ would say, the, I mean, he's done a really good job. It's, it's interesting to see him kind of break out because he isn't like a rookie. I mean, he's been in the nope. league for quite some time. He's on the Ravens for, I think like five or six years. Um, and just kinda, never really cracked their, their on field. It's a tough, tough group, man. I mean, that's a, sure. you know, uh, Marlon Humphreys and Marcus Peters over there. So that's that's a deep 
they've always had some weapons. I, I kind of, I almost like the fact more that he's coming from Baltimore because they yeah. seem to have their shit together. So maybe it is. Maybe he, you know, he puts something together, and and maybe it's just you know the typical shit we get pumped about in August that doesn't matter by the time September. We'll comes have to around, see. But. I mean, it's the same thing with like you know, there's been a lot of positive talk about Neville Gallimore, who's yeah, they've said he's made pot, you know, some real leaps in his second year. Um, we'll have to see if that translates on the field. We certainly need any and all help at D tackle. I mean, we have like no one at D tackle. Um, so we'll have to see on that offensively. Uh, Rico Dowdle has done, uh, played himself probably into that third spot on the running back chart behind Zeke and Pollard. Um, I wanted, I wanted the pod to be the big fans, the Rico the Rico Doddle like home shit, but it, it seems to already be taken. He's already got so apparently some guys were on it last year. They thought he was like it's a tough. lot better than it's they tough thought. to get on the first hype train, man. We I gotta know. find like we really gotta find our own pet cat. We yeah, found. you gotta get so early on it, man. Cause like even like, you know, people are there's already the Sean McKeon stands <laughs> out there. Tied in like three yeah. now. Maybe tied in three, yeah. So but yeah, um, other than that, I mean, concerns wise, I mean, obviously forever secondary troubles with this team. Um, Malik Hooker, who was signed recently. Oh, uh, safety. Thank Christ, man. I know. I'm stoked. They are hoping that he will be able to start practicing next week. Um, with him, I mean, I can't imagine he's worse than the safeties we have on this team. It's just a matter of him staying healthy which has been a real challenge for him over the course of his career. So we'll just have to see kind of how that goes. Um, and then as always offensive line, um, they've mm. tried some weird combinations on the offensive line, uh, trying to like provide themselves a little more depth uh, with Biotish, uh in and out. They've tried to get Connor Williams to play some center, which yeah, did not go well in the preseason game. So Joe Looney left and free agency went to the Giants for all of about 24 hours before he decided, fuck this, I'm retiring. So shout out to the great Joe Looney. Um, he was a quite a character. Awesome, does leave dude. Dallas with no, no backup center. And so, yeah, they've tried Connor Williams there. He was doing some of the snaps at the games. Um, I don't really know what they're going to do if Beatus can't go. I mean, as, as you know, Someone on the radio I was listening kind of pointed out that, hey, man, we're throwing a lot of faith in the fact that this guy is Travis Frederick 2.0 and he's, what, like a fourth-round rookie from last year? I mean, yeah. second-year player? So he wasn't bad last year, but, yeah, I don't I don't know if we should pencil this kid in as a world-beater yet either. I'm, probably, I'm really hoping that the, while Connor is taking these snaps at center in practices, McGovern is just balling out at left guard. God, and that's going to give the coaches enough to put McGovern at guard and then put Biotish back at center and just keep Connor off the field. I do not understand what the coaches see in Connor Williams, what even the beat writers do. Like I listen to like other Cowboys podcasts and they're like, yeah, you know, Connor Williams is really taking positive steps. I'm like, dude, all I see this dude do is fuck up. Like whether it's penalties or miss snaps or wherever. What they about, what about negatively. Game. What about absolutely beating Aaron Donald's ass? I mean, I heard it was a Bro. total one-sided affair. Can we talk about the most? I don't even know if Aaron Donald can can play right now. Exaggerated, like fucking event in the history of <laughs> organized football. So, for those of you who may have missed this, I'm jealous. The Cowboys <laughs> and Rams had a joint practice. Which um, everyone does. It, yeah, and it's a good idea. You know, you get to see some different looks, maybe see some moves. Hit some the, dudes on the other team, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. And they were doing, like, pass-blocking drills, uh, and Connor Williams ended up going one-on-one -on -one with, you know, all-everything generational defensive superstar Aaron Donald, who's probably the best defensive player of this generation. And oh, yes. on one particular rep, Aaron Donald drove Connor Williams back like five yards and then Connor like held him up pretty well. I mean, it was, it was a fine block. I mean, he, he might've won that rep if that was the goal was, if it was a seven step drop. Then Connor probably accomplished the goal and kind of threw Aaron Donald off balance and they got in like a little tussle. This turned into this thing where they were like, Connor Williams 
beat fucking Aaron Donald's ass so bad that Aaron Donald fought him. And then Connor kicked his ass in the fight. And I was just like, God, guys, like dude, what did what did Tim say? Flipped him like a stake that needed to be turned. <laughs> dude, like the fact that the the greatest moment of this guy's career is maybe winning a practice rep is all all you need to know because every time he's on the field in a real game he's either miss fucking up a snap or getting a holding penalty which so, by the way if you look up this video the brawl is laughable i mean they, they basically just sort of hold on to their blocks a little longer a little shove and then uh connor does drag him to the ground i mean it's not like he throws him down and then aaron donald's a, gets up quickly he's about to just maul this fucker before uh, a team breaks out so um you know, I, I will say uh, I give him props because Aaron Donald might be the scariest human in the entire NFL. So I do like that. But I, it is funny just the the reports that came out and even talk shows. I mean, that just shows how desperate we are for Cowboys football. I mean, even Sturm, who I love, wrote an article. It's like, he's taking the steps you want to see. I mean, getting into it with a guy like Aaron Donald. Yeah. That's oh. what you love. Dude, they like, devoted 10 minutes to it on, an ep- on a 30-minute podcast. The, the Cowboys, like the beat writers for the team do. And they sat there being like, just like, I can't believe I see people on Twitter saying that this doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> this is a huge step for his confidence. I was just like, God, dude, just talk about overanalyzing, like unreal. So, yeah. Hey, it's August, always, man. We're going to say that a lot on the, as we come up with an excuse to to keep giving you content and uh, podcast material. You got to, you got to, you got to stretch uh, the minutes, but God damn, man! That you're gonna you're gonna see that uh, and hear about that, and and I'm sure the second episode of Hard Knocks will dedicate a good ten minutes to it. Yeah, most definitely that will be on the second episode of Hard Knocks. The offensive line in general, like we didn't get to see much. We can go ahead and get into the first preseason game because that's really where we got to see some of these guys well, play. I want, one more, I want one more thing. One more thing. I I half expected you to to. To come in here yelling so much, I had to take the headphones off. Your your boy Randy getting a lot of love these days. Randy Randy Gregory, who you know, uh, somewhat divides this podcast. Uh, I, I saw an article that he's supporter. He's, I saw he's real close to the Hall of Fame. I think somebody was writing the other day. Dude, all he's missing is you know, <laughs> like ten to twelve really good years of football, and, and he's there. He's in. He's in, dude. So I mean. <laughs> He's he done does, everything else. He's done everything else you want from a, a guy who Besides was drafted five years football. ago. Yeah. But no, but for real, I mean, obviously, you know, whatever your expectations of Randy Gregory are, like what, whatever you'd call a good Randy Gregory season, which for me would be like six or seven sacks, I'd be very satisfied with that. Um, by all accounts, he's doing really well as far as like keeping his, you know, mental health situation in a good place, keeping his sobriety in a good place. Um, you know, the, the defensive guys have responded really well to Dan Quinn. I think they like him a lot. He seems to like speak in a way that they respond to and resonate with. And Randy Gregory has said that he really likes Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn has said he really likes Randy Gregory. So I'm hopeful that Randy Gregory will meaningfully contribute to to the team for sure. Yeah. Your take came in more mild, but, um, and I don't hate Randy Gregory. Believe me, once he has one sack, I'm coming for me. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I look. I don't. I don't want to root against him either because I do. I love the the whole. He's he's talking about practicing self love and all that, and how he was hard on himself. And look, I think that's ultra important for for all of us as humans, right? Um, so I'm root for the guy in that aspect. But yeah, it's just as I always laugh. The the hype around this guy is that he's the heir apparent to Demarcus Ware, rocking number ninety four. And well, Demarcus Ware doesn't have his bend, dude. He just doesn't get off he can't the block. Bend. He can't bend like that. You know what I mean? Like Randy's just got generational bend. I know, man. He's just a guy that he really, he really thrives in August, and so you just, you might, you might have to call him Mister August. I mean, he's 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 popping again. It's that time of year. I'm I'm hopeful that Randy will ball. That'd be really awesome. I would love that. I want them all to do really well. Obviously, I mean, I want Jay to come back stronger than ever. I want he might want start. He really might start. And I'm not, yeah, I, I don't think, I mean, with, you know, Alden Smith gone, who I actually saw he got cut by the Seahawks today. That's, that's sad. I was, yeah. I was happy for Alden that he kind of had a renaissance last year with us. And obviously the Cowboys, uh, 
maybe knew something they weren't telling everybody when they yeah, I don't think allowed him to walk. Beat a dude's ass at like a coffee shop in New Orleans well, or the hell he, he was. He didn't beat anyone. He choked him unconscious. Okay. There's a difference. <laughs> Sweet. Hey, that's that's Alden Smith's entire career. It is it is fucked up though how they like they'll put something in a headline like all the headlines about Richard Sherman said like arrested on domestic violence charge. And then you read the charges and it's like a domestic violence burglary, meaning like he didn't actually hit anyone or anything. He just like kicked in that door being all drunk and they called the cops. And like, I'm not saying that's okay. That's very different than when you read a headline and you're like, he got arrested for domestic violence. You think he like, you know, beat his wife up or something. And I think that's way worse than kicking a door while you're drunk. I mean, I'm not saying you should go get blackout drunk and act a fool, but I think a lot more people can relate to that than can relate to like hauling off and beating up your, your wife. Like that's a, a totally different game. The, the Richard Sherman thing was wild. I, I, I'm not a Richard Sherman fan at all. Although I was down to sign him for the Cowboys while he's a free agent. Um, I don't hate the guy. I don't, but I think he's a loud mouth and he's a loud mouth. And he, he says, he's but... kind of a holier than thou prick sometimes. So I think that's why people relished in this moment. But when you actually like heard the details, it sounded just really sad. And I just, oh, I don't, yeah. I don't know how I, you can, I, I didn't come away from it. with. I don't know how you can take like, any like victory stock. Yeah. I, I, I was that, just like, so. it was more like, I don't want to use the word pity. Cause that makes it sound like I'm being a jerk to him. Just like, you know, empathy, you know what I mean? Just like, yes. that's, that's a really tough place to be. I'm sure that whatever got you there is I dark mean, and sad. You're Richard Sermon. You're talking about killing yourself. Like that's yeah. hard for the yeah. average person to. And anytime that happens to an NFL player, you instantly start thinking about like how many headshots has Richard Sermon taken. Right. Yeah. Like it just gets dark quick. So anyway, sorry to, to go off on a side. So we went side down that. So, but we hope he wanna... has a great season. I I hope I hope well for the man's mental health. I I just uh, I leave it at that. That's the only thing. If he and if do, he does, does our bet stand is our bet stand that if he gets well, a ten sack year, you're buying a Randy Gregory jersey. I will. I will. All I right. will rock it. I did. I so little inside baseball here. Your boy got a new jersey, which you know I'm very anti jersey because yeah, you think every you've them. I do. I mean, after the Jalen Smith fiasco, I think it's legitimately un- unquestionable but uh i recently was gifted and i have not put it on so i feel like maybe if i don't actually wear it it won't it won't happen but um a colleague at work a kid that i mentored last year sent me a gift and i opened it and i thought he was getting like a gift card to chilies or something i opened this box and he got me a signed cd lamb jersey that says America's team across the 80, one of the eights and then the CD lamb signature and the other eight. And I just thought that was so tight. I'm definitely framing that shit and putting it in my new home office. That's incredibly sick. That's I know, crazy. man, I've never owned anything like that before. You know, like I don't, I've never been like an autograph guy. So like, I've never really like sought out. The man cave doesn't just have, yeah. The memorabilia. I feel like that was a generation older than us thing. Well, it's also because, but that is a back in the day, back in the day, like getting us an autograph thing was probably way rare because it had to be like, Oh, he signed this thing. Now, dude, like this thing that he got me, dude, CD lamb signed 5,000 of these jerseys and they're selling them on some website. You know what I mean? So it's like a much yeah. more of an organized business, like Johnny Mansell's in a hotel room, fucking $5,000 autographs. You know what I mean? So like there's so much more autograph memorabilia, whereas like, if you wanted a post, if you wanted a football signed by Bart Starr, I bet that shit was wild hard to get. He probably didn't do that that often. You know what I mean? There, there wasn't an industry. Well, there may yeah. have been, but it wasn't. The branding hasn't took off post. It would, it would surprise me if in like 1960 there was some, there was a bunch of guys who like that was their their job. You know what I mean? Like their whole business was just like collecting and like trading in signed memorabilia because there wasn't even yeah. I, I mean, I guess you could own a store and people could come to it and buy those things. But without the internet, like that'd be such a difficult business to how many people are going to walk into a store that want to buy your $5,000 was going to say, well, by whoever it was a big biz at the time, or I don't know about big, but it was popular. And I think I read that that's slowly becoming popular again. That's like all trends, right? It kind of died yeah. out and now people are getting collectibles back into in general, it. man. Like baseball cards have had this yes, huge renaissance, yeah. Pokemon cards, which that's the crazy one to me. Like I'm 
I remember just throwing so many Pokemon cards like in the trash and stuff. And now there's like I saw like base set booster boxes that we could have bought in 1999 for like fifty dollars. Like, yeah. yeah, those are going for like 350, 400, 500 grand. Unopened, sick. Yeah, imagine that'd be unopened. Ugh. Oh well. Yeah. Anyway, but one yeah. day we'll so, hit it. A very well, cool shout out, shout I'm, out to your buddy and, and shout yeah, out. his name's Shaji. He's a super cool dude. I'm he's a Raiders fan, but he was kind enough to gift me a. Uh, did you? So we did you put the arm around problems. him and tell him like that? Chili's gift card would have been sick though, bro. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to get that two for twenty though. So like, <laughs> can you take this back or like, what do you? No, but so yeah, I'm very stoked to to get that framed. Hopefully, it'll bring some good luck to the squad this year. Um, we didn't get to see much of Mr. C.D. Lamb though in our first preseason competition which was against the Steelers uh Hall of Fame game very cool to see some it's weird that now the guys going to the Hall of Fame are like kids people that we really are aware of like I remember being like 14 seeing the Hall of Fame game and it'd be like some dude from they retired in 93 you know and you're just like I'm kind of aware of who that is I've heard that name and now, yeah, it's like Megatron and Edgar and James and Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, like dudes you remember being rookies, are now. Dude, that's that's definitely a sign we're getting older. Um, we did have a couple Cowboys go in, so shout out the great Drew Pearson went in from the seventies. I'm so uh, stoked for Drew. He's been waiting he is so, so long. So happy. Do you see he got the tattoo? Which was yeah, sick. dude. That's so amazing. And Starbucks going to present him, which is so cool. That's amazing. Yeah, I guess did right. They did the whole. Oh yeah, they did it. Already. They did it. Yeah, so Staubach presented. I saw. Awesome. I didn't see his speech. Uh, I need, I didn't catch all the speeches. I don't know if you did either, but I saw Jimmy's uh, with Troy up there giving him love, which was fucking awesome. Um, that's awesome, man. I mean, it, I love seeing some Cowboys. Jimmy finally. Jimmy Johnson finally going Ring of Honor. Finally going Hall of Fame. That's removing yeah. the curse, man. That's all that was missing. Cowboys are now going seventeen and zero, winning the Super Bowl. That's official. Um. So there's a lot of pageantry around this game. You know, it's the first uh, organized football action of a new year. These guys are going into the hall. Um, obviously, pretty much no starters were playing in this game. Dak didn't even travel for this game. Zeke didn't play. I think maybe – I don't even think CD and those guys took a snap. I I would be surprised. They, they dressed. I don't think he played. Yeah. yeah. Now, the Steelers, on the other hand uh, – they said Chase Claypool out there and had him playing into like the second quarter and like almost injured himself, which would have been just yeah. real dumb. But um, yeah, so it was interesting to see some of the, the other guys get some burn. Um, they also gave Najee Harris a bunch of snaps. Yeah, Najee Harris got seven carries, which is a pretty heavy workload for a preseason game. For your first and, uh, preseason game. Him and uh, Omica was kind of the big star I wanted to see. And uh, he got a fumble recovery, which you love to see the quick reaction. Very Made cool. a couple sideline to sideline tackles. And I mean, he's so fast. He really is incredibly we saw fast. A on very, the field. very little gameplay, obviously, um, or burn for him. But what we saw was, I mean, he had to be the star of that game for, for us, at least most exciting, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, him and, and I mean, I guess you could put like Rico Dowdle had some moments that were like interesting, but, but definitely Parsons was like the main attraction. Um, Dowdle had a, a nice little game though, you know, eight carries for 43 yards, he had a 25 yard run, which was cool. Yeah. Um, you know, for your, you don't need that much out of your third running back. And he seems like he can catch the ball. He can run, he can block a little bit. Um, so that was nice to see. Quarterback situation is is pretty much as usual, Fucking pretty garbage. Um, I don't – I mean, I know you're going to disagree with me. I don't think Garrett <laughs> looked that bad. I'm not like a big Garrett Gilbert super homer, but 9 for 13 for 104 with a 93 rating. He took care of the ball most of the time except for the one where he got sacked. Um, he was completing a lot of nice throws. I mean, of this group that we have right now, if this is what we have to start the season with, Garrett's definitely this, the backup quarterback. I think that's kind of, like, indisputable. Yeah, I mean, he he certainly looked the best of the three options we saw of crushing poor Ben DiNucci, who just got lit up on Twitter by everybody. <laughs> ben DiNucci is just, man. Just completely destroyed, poor guy. Um, he, I mean, I think that's why Garrett Gilbert got so much love is honestly just how bad Ben DiNucci looked. Well, and in both 
the instances where Garrett Gilbert has been on the field significantly for the Cowboys. So he played the game against the Steelers last year, which was kind of the first game where we didn't look totally helpless post Dak. Right. Um, and we didn't win that game. So it's not like, a, you know, it's kind of a moral victory bullshit thing, but he did. He looked, he, he gave us enough life to where we were like manageably within the game. Well, remember we had Dalton in a couple games who looked horrible. Then he got COVID. Then we gave Danucci a st- she was fucking bad against that game against Wentz and Philly. And then you're right. Garrett Gilbert got in and we finally moved the ball a bit. And so now everybody's holding that in their warm fuzzies. Um, um, and then, yeah, so then he got to play in this. So really he's only played two meaningful. Now I wouldn't even call sure. this, this last game meaningful, but this is the, the, mo- the longest like stretch of time people have watched Garrett Gilbert play football. Um, and you know, you go out there in the preseason game, you go nine for thirteen. That that looks fine. Most people are gonna be like, cool. I mean, that's that's totally cool. Um, from a receiver standpoint, Cedric Wilson, you know, got significant play time. And I thought Wide receiver good. four, man. He's locked that up. He looks really good. In fact, good. when you lose one of the big three this year, which is a story I'm sure we'll follow, because they most certainly will have to make a decision on one of the big three, probably Gallup. Um that makes me uh, so sad, man. You know I've been know. From, from day wizard. I'll never we like baby when Dez, he, When you drafted him, dude, I just like Googled his name and looked up some <laughs> YouTube hit, hit highlights. I was like, this guy's tight. I'm in. Well, that was when we really needed one. I mean, he almost became wide receiver one de facto because that was the year they cut Dez inexplicably. Um, yeah. But he's been good. I mean, I think we all think with a healthy Dak Prescott, that Michael Gallup will have another great year. He's kind of the forgotten man of the big three, but um, I was saying all this anyway, to get to the point that if they do lose one of the three and I have no idea what Wilson's contract looks like right away, but I think he could fill in as a wide receiver three. He I had think he's one shown game enough. last year where he did really well. I think it was the Seattle game. Maybe um, he's had flashes of, of big plays. Let me look here. Because I get to use my my Wilson meme on on Twitter, you know of Wilson. Wilson. Every yeah, time he so does against some... against Seattle, he had uh, five catches on seven targets for one hundred seven and two touchdowns, which yeah. was sick. He did a great job. Um, kind of disappeared otherwise, but that's wide receiver four five type behavior. Um, but. You know, he's looking good. You know when good. Kevin Ogletree balled week one and then everyone thought he was going to take a big step and he's completely We've done that so many invisible. times, bro. We've done, so, we've done that with so many guys where we're just like – I mean, Cedric Wilson, though, he's he's 6'5", dude. Like, if he can pack on a little more size, like he's – Rocket number one now. How do you like the new, the new numbers, man? I mean – It's weird. It's weird, but, I mean, I do like – I mean, okay, if a guy who's wearing number one balls, that that's so tight. Like obviously, like yeah. if CD was wearing number one and had like a three hundred yard receiving day, that would look sick. If Megatron wore number one, that'd be tight. Um, it is weird that like Cedric Wilson wears number one. That's a strange. But I, the other guys have like numbers that mean things to them. Gallup likes wearing thirteen. Amari has his number, and we gave eighty eight to to CD, so that makes sense. Um, but yeah, he he showed little flashes. Sean McKeon did a good job in his little role as a tight end three. I thought he looked really good. Uh, Maurice Kennedy, who we talked about. I mean, he, yeah, on defense, he had a nice little bit. Um, I don't think we saw anything from anyone on the D line giving us any like, wow, we're gonna have a guy who can really pass rush. No. We had a we didn't have that George Selvey moment. I always go back because he had that big like two sack game his yeah. first year and. He kind of grinded out a six, seven sack season after that, but we didn't have any of those moments. No, there's no one on no one on defense really like made me. I mean, again, Anthony Brown, who always just seems to be in the right place at the right time to look terrible, got matched up one on one with Chase Claypool and got just up turned around. Um, I actually like Nashawn Wright with Chase Claypool. I know Claypool caught that diving ball, kind of a push off. I mean, I thought it was clean enough to not get called, but then he, he almost got big hurt play. doing no. that shit, man. He almost yeah. got injured doing that. I was like, that's when we text each other, like, what is there. Pittsburgh doing? But I kind of like seeing Nashawn Wright. He's been kind of making, he was what, a fourth or fifth rounder for us this year. He's made some, yep. some headlines. So, uh, another guy to watch. He's like six, four. He's huge. Like the, yeah, like ridiculously guy. tall for a corner. So. I'll tell you who uh, looked bad. Yeah, uh, give me your bads. Fahoko, wide receiver from Stanford. 
Yeah. Had some uh, a cut, and now again he had Danucci as his. Danucci looks so bad to people. He looks so horrible, but he had two balls go off his hands, and I mean, Fajoko's whole shtick is he's like the hands guy, like he's you know he's not the fastest. Well, it's like for a roster spot. Yeah. Um. So that's that's rough. Uh, offensive line is obviously a concern. You know, whenever Brandon Knight or Terrence Steele or any of these so dudes are Steele was okay. There was the the new left tackle. We had like Nick Ski or whatever his name was. He was bad. Our yeah. left tackle for the night was he was getting abused. He was bad. Uh, and uh, obviously when they when they took the snaps with Connor Williams at center, he messed up two snaps. He's not prepared to be an NFL center at all. So I thought you were gonna say he's not prepared to be an NFL player. I was, I was he's not that time. either, but <laughs> I mean, he can do even more. Somehow, they found a way to give him the opportunity to do more damage, which is by putting him at center. So, so yeah, the Cowboys did lose this game, sixteen three. However, in the first half, when it was pretty much like the closest you're going to get to guys that'll actually all be on the team, the Cowboys walked into that locker room three zero up. Um, Should have yeah, been we, more. We had a we had a punter kicking for us because we didn't even want to send our kicker out there in this one. Yeah, so. that kicker was bad. <laughs> he was really shitty. But yeah, I mean. The, the defense did a good job, like as a unit, they did a good job in the first half. Um, they got really good contain on, you know, Najee Harris, who's a good running back. Um, got enough pressure on Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins to where they couldn't get anything going. How was uh, that team, Dwayne Haskins, man? I mean, it's weird. I totally forgot he was on their team. I mean, I've just heard so many bad things about that kid. So yeah, many bad things. Going to, a, just going to the cancer. strip. Getting uh, your first start, playing like shit, and then going to uh, breaking all sort of COVID protocols to go to a strip club. Usually you know, a bad it's, sign. It's really funny. Uh, when Dak got drafted, it was all about how much better Wentz was than him. And that slowly over time drifted. Then Haskins and Danny Dimes. And here we are, years later. Dak has just slowly gotten better. You know, he's improved every single year into this really polished leader, and he's becoming a really good passer of the football, um, a great field general. And meanwhile, Wentz is, like, hoping he's going to get to play for the Colts if injury doesn't keep him out. Haskins is gone. And, you know, I think Danny Dimes is pretty terrible. Uh, I saw a clip from him today. I think I sent it to you where he just, like, he's at practice just throwing the worst picks, ducks right into the – arms of the defense like it's not looking good there either they're so trying to, to hope all saquon is back in business because well, they be showed Danny. his they showed us on splits with saquon on and off and he's much better with him on but i think a lot of that is just throw off a shit ton of dump off passes and and hope saquon yeah. makes someone miss it's not like he's out here hitting dudes and perfect well that's style. the only way both of them work like saquon's really only at his best when he gets the ball in open space and can like get real shifty and make a move and hit a home run. And Danny Dimes is only good when he can have a real easy, completable pass. Like five Danny's yards not gonna in sit front there of him. And, yeah. Danny's <laughs> not going to sit there and pick you apart. And Saquon's not going to like get out there in the snow and like pound the rock and move the pile either. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the giants look like. Um, and then but interestingly enough, so we saw that game on Thursday night and then the following Tuesday, was the debut of the new season of Hard Knocks, which the Cowboys are being featured on this if you year. Don't, if you don't know what Hard Knocks is, just for uh, um, those who are listening that that may not watch or have HBO, it's essentially a behind-the-scenes look, unfiltered, raw look at, at training camp for teams. So you see these guys, like I said, it's a behind-the-scenes production, and I'm sure they, they upplay certain people and stories they want to tell. Um, they work with NFL Films on it. Every year they do a different team. Dallas has done it probably our third time now, but it's been over a decade. And so it's just really cool. It's a cool way to, to kind of learn a little bit more about guys you didn't know, see a little bit more of their personality that they wouldn't do on, on normal camera. And so and, and how I recommend it. I love it. A little bit. Like yeah. you get to see a lot of like the coaches meetings and like just the, the machine that makes a football team function is a lot more complicated than the average person might be aware of. And so when you're seeing these meetings where it's like 30 dudes at a table being like going over all these stats, all this data, like trying to figure out the best way to do X, Y, and Z, it's really interesting. And so, um, how do you like times, episode one? I liked it a lot. I loved it. Um, 
This Dak sick. took like definite center stage as like the kind of the headline of the first show was definitely like his return from injury and then like the shoulder strain. I liked it because I got to see a side of Dak that we don't get to see very often. Dak is an inc- even when he was a rookie, like really young. Dak was incredibly media polished from the jump. He was like incredible. Like Dak never gives an answer that isn't like a politician. And that's good, right? Being the Cowboys quarterback demands like a level of PR and media awareness that being the QB of, you know, a high school team does not. Um, And so Dak is just like this kind of all shucks, you know, super focused football player. That's his personality. And so when they mic him up and he's out there playing, you kind of get to see who he actually is. You learn a little bit about him. And I, I frankly loved it. Like one, just seeing him kind of be a real person where he's just like, he's a competitor. He's a hyper competitive guy. And when he got that shoulder strain and they pulled him out and he was like, he was like, I'm not going out this bitch. Like he was just like real pissed. He couldn't be on the field. They had to like physically go tell him like, dude, go get, treatment like you don't need to be out here i appreciate you wanting to be here i saw a lot of cowboys fans reading into the moment where uh mccarthy and him talk. mccarthy and him had yeah. things like oh, i'm just busting your balls i didn't take that as any i mean a lot of people hated mccarthy from this but i think that's one of those your opinions made up and you're kind of looking yeah, for things yeah, for to, sure. to I, build I, I thought mccarthy was cool i thought the speech he gave about you know when you hold up that trophy it's a lot fucking heavier than you think like i, I thought that was awesome a real a real coaching moment that you're like damn that's why this guy's in charge of an nfl team right like to have that kind of presence and gravity in a room full of professionals is difficult um i love the deck thing they also kind of highlighted like the deck deck romance which was great that was dude they love each other they're best friends i almost think and they were talking about this or uh, i think on the radio but it's something that kind of struck me too is it's gonna be weird if dallas ever has to get rid of zeke because that Dak and them are boys man yeah it's like demarco it's like demarco and des dude like those guys are attached to the hip i mean it's rome it's romo and witten you know like i mean watching zeke attempt to Find a YouTube video teaching him how to wrap a present. <laughs> Give Dak his birthday present yeah. was Zeke's like a big child in many ways. He, like stole his bike great. and rode around on it. Just... Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Fucking so that Zeke. was really good. Dude, Dak, Dak drops. How was it weird to see though on your polish thing and, and kind of the raw is dude, Dak drops an f bomb about every ten words. I mean, he yeah, definitely. I think that's normal because we, I mean, we both played sports and even I mean, I go out and play golf with the fellas every weekend Definitely. and i mean that's just how i think guys talk to each other but you don't really you don't always realize it i mean dak it was pretty much every word like i sat fucking enough last year i want to get in yeah. the fucking like just and we were also seeing him at a very frustrated moment he's waited yeah. months to come back and now he's being told he can't play again i'm sure that's really frustrating i also think that like obviously you can be successful and not be like that because like Sure. Philip Rib- Philip Rivers was great. Oh, he's shucks. Like the most G Willikers fucker on the planet. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was the same way. But um, I think that Dak probably has, and you can tell based on how everyone on that team reacts around Dak, like he has that locker room. Like they are, he is absolutely the undisputed leader. Dude, the cake I think he thing speaks was, their language. Yeah. And I, I think I agree. Like he just, there's a certain gravitas that he has. And I think just respect from, from people and how they Definitely. react to them. And even the O-line with the cake thing, I don't think – you could say maybe everyone gets that, but I think you got to be a little love to get, get that sure. treatment. How so. funny was it when they had the, that kid, Alicone, just like they, <laughs> they got him with the directional mic out there, him being like, I need some of that cake, man. Oh, I want the cake. Dude, just, just completely like, out of breath. Completely out of breath. Just, I want to try the cake. <laughs> dude when when it went from that shot to like the close-up shot of just like the cake on the ground the i was like is it. this motherfucker gonna come over here and get some cake i was like please don't do that dude like so that was great and then parsons obviously like they found a lot of great ways to show um, kids a talker he's real, man he's, mm. he talks which i love he's a he's a dog um <laughs> the first scene you see of him is him being like kind of going back and forth with our fullback and then he gets beat on a route and then he gets a pick and so he's like yeah. And he's not a dick. Like he's a talker, but like he definitely it's a there's a way to be thing. there's a way to be competitive and not be an asshole about it. You can and tell then, like the guys he's jarring at are enjoying it and like participating in the banter. 
Um, and then I think the best moment for him was during the preseason game. He got off the field after uh, a series and they told him to go get on the phone with Quinn because Quinn, for some reason, and I, I don't know if he's going to do this forever, but he coaches from the press box. Well, um, some some guys don't. Some want to be on the sidelines. Some are up there. Apparently, Dan Quinn likes likes the, the full view. Bird's so. eye view, yeah. So he, first of all, Parsons doesn't know where that phone is because they don't have that in college. So he's like, excuse me, where's the phone? His voice That's instantly changes like this child. He's like, you guys like a big kid. Phone? And so they give him the phone. He's like, yeah. And he's like, hey. And Quinn, Quinn gives him some pointers on, hey, you did really good on this. Think about this, blah, blah, blah. He's like, all right, go ahead and sit down. He's like, no, let me get one more. He's like, no, you're done, man. He's like, I'm just getting like warmed up, though. He's like, yeah, he's me like, too, I know. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes and sits down in LVE. He's like already kind of taking on this like mentor relationship with him. Is like, they, tell, they, they told you you were done. Huh? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, you asked like, for more? Did you ask for more? He's like, yeah. And he just starts laughing at him. Yeah. I thought that was great. That Dude, was, it, it, it really, you did the math. You, you talk like the big quick kid. It is. It, it's like when you ask your parents for permission for something. Like, uh, yeah. I just let me stay up another hour, and you're dead. No, no, buddy, we gotta gotta get yeah. up tomorrow. Sorry, just and like that's a real funny going, relationship. Parsons sitting on the bench, going, "We gotta sit here for two more hours, and then an hour and a half back to the airport. So that's three and a half hours, yeah. <laughs> and then we got a four and a half hour flight back to Oxnard. So that's." seven hours it's like doing all this massive so that's like nine hours of sitting yeah week and now i love the moment they didn't get a lot of cd which was weird to me because like cd has been the undisputed star of this camp from a i think he'll get more standpoint. i think he'll get more but when he forward. walked up to parsons and he was just like you could tell parsons was like a little bit uh parsons had been like really moving like a vet this entire episode in many ways like kind of felt like the big dog. And when CD came up to him and was like giving him daps and being like, you got to get some more drip, dude. If you're going to keep out, be out there making plays like that, you got to have cooler shit on, you know, you got to get like better cleats and uh, some Parsons, shoes or something. Yeah. Parsons kind of turned into a kid. He's like, yeah, yeah. I need to get better cleats. I'm going to call Nike. He's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Do that, man. Just walk. Yeah. CD, like, so he's like, that's a he's start. Like, that's a start. He thinks, he thinks CD's really cool. You can tell he thinks CD's really man. cool. So I, I oh, love yeah. the whole thing. It was great. This is and look, I know Hard Knocks can take any like five clips and make anyone look like a world beater, but I'm ready for for my my first big hype train of 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 the offseason. And it's man, CD and Parsons are gonna be some all pros. I'll tell you I don't what, know about right job, away, but the soon, first soon when, those when, guys are holding down each side of the ball for from day one of practice, like years. before Dak got hurt and they were showing the montage, like the music of Dak out there just like ripping. Dude, he he looked awesome. I was like, they really can just make anyone look really good at football. Like <laughs> Dude, what about um and we didn't get to talk about this, like uh and I, I thought this was a cool moment for McCarthy, you know, getting caught. And uh, Stephen Jones talking about Zeke and, and McCarthy yeah. being like he's in way better shape than last year. Like he looks yeah. way better than last year. That was interesting. I mean, Zeke's apparently been very motivated. You've seen him work I mean, out with pic- like those the- pictures came out, dude. He's super ripped up now. He is super ripped. Which up. good like, if, it, if look if this is the kick in the ass he kind of needed because he's always been a little bit heavier you know what i mean like that's always sure. like fat zeke's fat that's always what oh, people yeah. love to that's say every year every dude year. sitting on their couch just throwing back hot wings and beard it's that picture of like the, the fat the fat dude laying sideways on with the remote and he's like zeke's out of shape he looks like shit you're just yeah. like okay guy like um the but, bar's just so high with zeke man like i look it, at his I mean, stats and i'm just like he's such an animal and we just like do not appreciate that at all i mean i thought that was interesting and then they said like McCarthy basically saying, I don't want to give him many reps. Like he's already got a lot of carries. Like I think that's a very telling sign that like we need to keep the load way down on Zeke this yeah. offseason. I think in the well, regular season they'll ride him, but you know, I mean he is that's a, I mean, he's been getting what 20-ish carries a game for probably eight years now. What's what's crazy? crazy? This is year six, but what's but I mean crazy? like Ohio State included. Oh yeah, yeah. What is crazy is that like Zeke's heaviest workload season was his rookie year. He got 320 carries. Oof. Emmett Smith averaged like 340, 350 touches a year for 13 years. Like yeah. how fucking nuts is that? <laughs> he was just like a different I don't know era, how, baby. I don't know what it was. Is they were just like, I mean, I guess the dudes are hitting harder, and you know. Well, I, I think their the run game was 
certainly more impactful, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I want to say those guys broke down too, but really it seemed like a lot of them had longevity, you yeah. know, which is interesting because now you lose a step. It seems like first contract. second, And that, that could be it too, is that the game has progressed to such a high level that if these, like back then, if you lost 5%, you were still good and you were really good. Like if Barry Sanders lost a step, he was still good enough to be beastly. Whereas now, like if Adrian Peterson loses a step or Zeke loses a step, they're pretty much out. You know what I mean? Well, there's different analytics too, right? Have taken such a, such an important role in, in, Really, I was gonna say business, sports, everywhere, and so yeah, you just you we have different things we look at now, right? It used yeah. to just be what are your yards and your yards per carry, and t- okay, cool. And now it's much more data available on hand to say, yeah, you should probably not get this many carries, or he's less productive doing this, or yada yada. yada. You saw that even with Dak, they had that like whole algorithm worked out for his workload, and they had yeah, they had refined it down to some three digit number. I couldn't really tell what that was, like what I that represented, either. but they were like what's it Dak right what's Dak at right now and they were like 483 and they can only get it he had to be like under 515 or something in order for him to be yeah. like on, on pace uh, it's such a strange but I mean that's how it is like they it's all a science it's all a science because if they're not doing that and some other team is that other team has an advantage so they all have to do it but I, I mean I'm excited to see what we obviously get from Dak but CD um Micah and of course sleek Zeke baby I, I want to I want to see what we yeah. get from those three. Hell yeah. So yeah, Hard Knocks episode one is awesome. If you haven't watched it, I would definitely check it out. Um, oh, one more thing on a- it. Um, another thing that went viral that was kind of funny was Jerry Jones eating the the McGriddle and dude, dumping like salt, salt on it. On it. Yeah. What was that, dude? I saw that get that floating so around for, for days of just different people being like mood. <laughs> yeah, no joke, dude. No joke. That was awesome, but... Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great show. It's highly entertaining, uh, especially if you're into the Cowboys. If it's your team on Hard Knocks, it's absolutely must-see television. Um, it's five weeks long. You can get a, a month of HBO Max for like $10. It's totally worth the investment of like two bucks per episode to see this show. Uh, definitely what I'm doing. And honestly, you might be able to get like a month free through some way, shape, some or form. Yeah. yeah, so definitely check it out. It's on Tuesdays at 9 Central. Um, other than that, the Cowboys have, uh, they wrapped up their Oxnard camp. They're headed back to the Ford center in Frisco for the remainder of their camp. So the boys will be close to home and they head to, uh, Phoenix tomorrow for a Friday night game, uh, preseason game number two against the Arizona Cardinals. So we'll get to see, uh, Kyler probably not, Cliff. yeah, probably not probably won't get to see Kyler Cliff Hopkins, anyone cool on that team, but um it's always good to add a little bit more data about these backups you know you never know who from the starting lineup might get to play a series or two um really i think that'll you be know, next I gotta, week i gotta get this off my chest i gotta get this off my chest real quick i've been marinating on it for a little bit and i know he's from our hometown and he won a shit ton of national championships here or state titles i don't like kyler i don't like him never rubs me the wrong way just always yeah, I mean, I don't really have a super hard question. Just let you know. Just, just, just sure. I've, I've come to the conclusion. I, not a. I've, I've, I've definitely, I definitely think that he's like an arrogant prick. But I also put myself in his shoes, and I'm like, if at 16, I got an SB on stage from LeBron James, you couldn't tell me shit either. So like, sure, and, I just don't like him. And and like, I I probably don't like him from a personal standpoint. But when someone's like talking shit about like Allen or something, I am gonna use Kyler as a, a weapon in that argument to be like fuck your high school bro we have kyler murray so that will happen i would be i would go so far as to say most people who have one of those players from their hometown would probably attest to the fact that like at that stage of their life they were a dick it's probably rare to find a kid who at 19 is all everything and is just like a humble as pie nice guy and maybe he is. Maybe I don't know. I just, I just. Oh, I don't think it. he is. I definitely don't think he is. <laughs> I definitely think that Kyler is. I mean, he's got some Rogers fact, vibe. Well, you you have that plus. You got to add to the fact that like at every level of football, he's been told like, "Oh, you're too small. This is where you get exposed." And then he goes on to just ball out of control and well, kill everybody. Well, Andy could have been like a five tool shortstop, and yeah, I mean, league, he's so. he is like <laughs> literally one of the most gifted athletes maybe on the planet. <laughs> So, 
but he hangs out with fucking huge douchebags. Oh my god, he has bad tasting friends. But I'm just saying, Mahomes, Mahomes is, seems humble pie, man. Or he just knows how to play the part for camera. But. Yeah, and but I also think that you know Mahomes wasn't a five star, super all triple American guy. He was a three star, came out of a small high school, and was like the backup on a, his college team until they kind of like discovered him and like put him out there. Which I, I think that's probably the best path for Mahomes. You know what I mean? Like. He didn't have superstardom really until if, if second Mahomes, year of the Chiefs. If Mahomes had like gone to A&M and been thrown in as a freshman and had a Johnny Manziel explosion in popularity where like they go to Tuscaloosa and win and the next day he's getting texts from Drake, like who knows what happens to Mahomes, dude. That shit might ruin you. So I'm glad Mahomes turned out to be like got in the way he got the in. The man, like, yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. Mahomes is awesome. So – but yeah, we'll see what happens with the the boys playing the Cardinals. It should be interesting to see uh, some more reps for that hungry for football that we're looking forward to preseason games. But boy, that that, that second day, half was painful. I tried to make it through the whole thing. I finally took I, my I, I enjoy. I mean, I, once I remove because by that time I don't have any emotional attachment. Well, to I know, winning. but I'm I'm sitting there and I'm working the Twitter, trying to come up with funny things or cool things and. Thinking, what can we talk about in the pod? And by that time, I'm like, I got nothing, man. Like, this is all I want to just let this roll out. All I want to see tomorrow is I want to see them score a touchdown. That would be plenty for me. Hey, I made, offense, my, I made my first Kellen jokes, you know, the Stalin in the red zone, baby. We're there back. you go. All, you got, all I want to see them do is march down the field and score from inside the 10, like where they start inside the 10 with a fresh set of downs and they score. That'd be really nice. And Garrett Gilbert looks the sideline. There's no Dak there. And he looks, he goes, where's four? And then just a cut. Dak the throat. <laughs> throat cut. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. How quickly do you think he would get cut? I mean, it would depend. I mean, at that point, you got to ask who's the better QB. I mean, you know. Yeah, Who could say? Best. Who could say? I mean, I think, honestly, I think Garrett Gilbert's stoked to even be in the show, man. After what happened to him at Texas and the ride he's had, SMU. I think he's just stoked to be in the show, for sure. And, fuck, dude, he's from Texas. It must be awesome for him to be, like, on yeah, the carving Dallas out, Cowboys. Carving out a backup QB gig is the way. Dude, That's, if I could be the backup QB Chase on the Daniels Dallas Cowboys. Chase Daniels made a life of it. The, the only thing being the only thing better than that is to be Sam Bradford and just start like two games every five years <laughs> and then trick everyone into thinking he might be a good quarterback and sign a giant contract and then immediately get benched and just do is, it again. Is Sam Brad? No, I was going to ask is Matt Stafford, Sam Bradford 2.0, but he at least plays. Yeah, and he's I mean, probably average. He's better than Sam, but he just gets a lot Matt of. Matt Stafford had a lot of fourth quarter comebacks. I mean, Matt Stafford did a lot when that team. No, I just think it's garbage. He gets projected a lot for what his actual numbers say. That's all I mean. Sure, sure. I mean, uh, they, the one they always show is that like his win, his record against teams that are like five hundred or better is or like playoff teams in his career is three awful. and forty seven or something crazy. It's like outlandish how bad he is against good competition, but. You know, I'm sure you can find some stats that say all the guys I like suck too. So I'm not going to hate on the kid too hard. Fair enough. Um, do but we have yeah. anything else? Do we have anything else? No, I think else? that's it. Preseason tomorrow. Hard Knocks episode two next Tuesday. Uh, is, we will be back next week, probably like Wednesday-ish. Is Hard Knocks' this propaganda turning you into a McCarthy supporter yet? I'm not. I've never. Been, I, I haven't been like a McCarthy hater. Uh, yeah, you, I was kind of. I was. You you were ready to fire him last year. No, I was. I was definitely like a, against Mike Nolan. I was like a super sure. Mike Nolan yeah. hater. Um, I would never want to fire a head. You coach called McCarthy first, like, fat. You called him fat Adam Gase all year. No, well, yeah, he was playing. We were playing like shit. I, but I mean, <laughs> in my cool-headed demeanor, when I'm in my normal logical mode, I would not want to fire a head coach with after Dax injured, like everyone would be fucked so it's not that bad but yeah i mean okay. i i think i liked i have liked what i've seen it certainly improved my take on mccarthy yeah i think me too so we'll see if that continues see if that trend continues so oh ben anything else before we get out of here no we're uh we're, we're back on we'll probably be coming to you every week unless you know scheduling conflicts the pod's got you know this and that to do all the time but uh we're gonna try and put one out every yeah, week some of this us point are on. planning weddings Ugh, gay. uh some of us are planning weddings yeah and some of us got married already 
Yeah. Hey, join the club, my friend. So it's not too bad. It's not too bad. You'll you'll like it. All right. I know. Indeed. Indeed. So as always, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Please, if you've enjoyed what you've heard, please like, subscribe, share the podcast. Uh, Leave us a little review on uh, Apple Podcasts. It helps us as we continue our journey to uh, forcing more people to listen to us rant and rave about this terrible franchise. Uh, As always, I'm Andy Catelli. Benjamin T. Walker. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy. Peace.